Welcome to the Swim Swim Breakdown. As always, I'm your host, Coleman Hodges, coming to you from Brooklyn, New York, and we are joined by Associate Editor Tori Hart in sunny downtown Oakland, California, and Swim Swim Editor-in-Chief Braden Keith from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Guys, how's your week going? Uh, my week is going great because last week I got to see the Coleman Hodges in the flesh. Uh, <laughs> I, I was hoping he was going to wear his Halloween costume to breakfast. Um, he did not. And it was kind of disappointing. He also only had about three bites of pancakes. So if you're wondering how Coleman does so many practice in pancakes and stays so beautiful, it's because he doesn't eat most of the pancakes. I fake it. Yeah. In my defense, that was, that was not pancakes. It was red velvet. It was a full red velvet cake. You, you'll have to wait for the, for the full video to see the full thing. But, uh, that was intense. Tori, how's your week going? You know, Coleman, I woke up feeling a little lost. It is, in fact, not sunny in Oakland, California today. It's raining. We've got that post-Halloween just hangover type situation. But then I went on Instagram and I saw on Diaceto's Instagram story that he is hanging out with Chase Kalish and Jay Litherland at the University of Georgia, as predicted on this very podcast. And that brightened my day. And I think it's going to be a much better week now that just got things off to a good start. I'm glad Dias took our advice. I think that's going to work out well for him. I think more swimmers should take the advice of the swim swim breakdown. Um, and then the world would be a better place. We're geniuses. We yes. know it now. Now Diaceto knows it. Hopefully you know it now too. Uh, so that's our biggest news of the day. Uh, but let's get into last week's news, starting with the U S announced their short, short course world championships roster which was uh, kind of a mess, <laughs> not because of who's on it, but because of who's not on it. Uh, obviously, Coleman Stewart left off, Beta Nelson left off, the list goes on. But we're not here to talk about the roster. You can go to Swim Swim for that. We're here to talk about how does USA Swimming fix their selection process for short course worlds moving forward? Well, I think you know it's two parts because as far as we know nick fink isn't actually eligible for one of the events he's entered um and when i reached out to usa swimming to ask about that i prefaced it with i have a question about the roster but don't worry it's not about coleman stewart um and they just didn't didn't respond to me so um it's you know it's it's a weird year so i think we can't we can't forget that it's still covid um i think it's time to put in a domestic selection meet maybe um, so maybe you have some kind of a, a, a fast pass for your Olympic medalists, and then you fill in the rest of the roster with, um, with some kind of a short course selection meet. You know, I don't, I don't think they're totally wrong in wanting to reward their best long course swimmers. I, you know, the Olympics is still where everybody's bread is buttered and without the Olympics, all of these other money meets that are coming up are great, but none of them run right now without the Olympics. The Olympics still drives it all. Um, so, you know, I can see, I can see that to some extent, but, you know, leaving Coleman Stewart home, that's, that's leaving a gold medal home. And we need to, as the United States of America, it's, I, I don't think it's good enough to just dominate the Olympics. I think we need to dominate every meet. And there's money involved, you know, it's, it's a lot of money on the line. And I think, um, I think that matters. Now I, I have a, let's, let's clarify this for our readers. We did report that ISL meets were not FINA approved this year. And that was the ISL's fault, False. not false. 
we reported that the ISL meets this year were not approved world championship qualifiers, but that yes. goes for a lot of meets, you know, not all of the Grand Prix are, are sorry, Pro Swim Series meets are, are qualifiers. So then could, could the U.S. put Coleman on the roster? Um, I don't know. What did I write? Does he have the cut in the 100 IM? I think somebody asked that in the comments, and I think he doesn't have the cut in the 100 IM either. Mm -hmm. um, they can't do it by their own selection standards. And in the U.S., for people who don't know, once once we got down to July, August, September, USA Swimming doesn't have the ability to just sort of change it. They can't, um, by law in the United States, they have to publish the selection standards and they have to follow those standards. And so there's, they're, they're not wrong to have done it how they did it. The, the, it, the, the only way to fix this is by fixing the selection um, process. You can't just sort of get to the end and say, oh, dang, Coleman Stewart broke a world record. We're just going to change the whole thing. You can write into the selections that world record trumps Olympic team. You can, you can make that the first priority, you know, current world record holders, but you can't just sort of wait till the day of and and change all of the procedures. That's kind of my takeaway too. I mean, they followed an objective set of rules. It's a slippery slope once you start making exceptions for you know big name uh, people who miss out on the team. And, and that's unfortunate that for Coleman too, that's how it shook out this year. But I think also this meet is, is just kind of showing some of the growing pains that the US might be going through with you know the influx of short course meters, racing opportunities such as the ISL. I mean, he's only out there kind of uh, raising a stir about this because he was able to do that at a meet that didn't exist, uh, you know, last time around for this. Um, and I think at the same time, you can look at the other side and say, if the U.S., uh, you know, goes off of people's short course meters times that are happening, you know, throughout the fall, is that fair to the college students who want to make the team but aren't out there racing on the short course meter circuit? Everyone's going to have an issue with it unless, like Brayden said, there's some sort of domestic selection meet that's fair game for everybody to turn out to. I think it's worth pointing out that the U.S. has never really taken this meet fully seriously to me. It, it feels like it's on par with like a Pan American Games sort of situation where, yeah, they want to do well, but like Caleb Dressel's not, didn't go. Katie Ledecky has never been. Never. Um, yeah. Simone doesn't go. You know, there's all these big names that don't go. So I think that I think that sort of hits at the, oh, it's important to give our, our best Olympic medal chances opportunities when it's not clear that it's really being viewed in the United States as a significant enough meet to justify that. So, so basically there needs, there needs to be changes. Uh, will there be, who's to say, uh, but back in the short course pool, we saw Kyle Chalmers in Kazan, break the world record, 100 freestyle, 2009 suited record from Emery Laveau. Hope I'm saying that right. 44-84, it was a monster swim. Uh, and we are going to see Kyle versus Dressel once again in the ISL playoffs this month in Eindhoven. Uh, do, you, do, you, do, do we think this affects Kyle versus Dressel in Eindhoven? Well, we don't know for sure we're going to see it. Uh, Jason Lezak sent us his playoff roster, but he did say some swimmers would be missing some meets, and he didn't tell us who or which. Um, and, and that would be like the ISL's nightmare, right? Like not, not getting the child. The Chalmers versus Dressel showdown is what they need at this point, I think, because I think after the month break, things feel even flatter with the ISL than they were. 
Um, well, especially with the boycott. Things. Yeah. Oh, the ISL. Um, I don't know. I don't know if we know where Caleb's at. You know, he got the big tattoo and we presume that means a little bit of time out of the water, but he's also a freak athlete. So we don't know if a little bit of time out of the water is a problem. Well, I also think he does a thing where like you can rub an ointment on it and swim like yeah. the next day. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I, it like, it doesn't make sense, right? Like in our heads, Caleb should be the better short course swimmer um, just cause he's so good underwater. So it doesn't make sense if Kyle can go 44, eight, that Kyle, that, that Caleb can't go 44, seven. Um, but you know, it might be one of those perfect moment swims as I think we talked about this last week. Sometimes there's technique that goes into it. It's not all training. It's not all preparation. Sometimes it's about hitting your starts and hitting your turns and Kyle hit them. And maybe that's, that's the difference on the world record right now. Um, I think Caleb could get it in the final, depending on when that final is, which we still don't know, or we might know. Yeah. I kind of had a similar thought where it's, you know, is Caleb physically capable of going faster? Yes. I think that's clear. Like we know that there would be, you know, a hotly contested race if they're going head to head, will it happen when they're going head to head? Is Caleb in the same place in this season as Kyle? From what we've seen publicly, it, it doesn't seem like it. And, you know, he's not going to be at world. He's not really potentially targeting any sort of fast short course meters meet. I don't know if we're seeing this fall head to head. If we do get it head to head, I hope that the ISL breaks whatever of its rules it needs to break and puts them side by side. Anything else would be a disappointment. If you have one in lane two and one in lane seven going for a world record, that would be kind of a bummer. Seriously, like the Olympics, as great as the 100 free at the Olympics was, it's like, oh, dude, they're like two lanes apart. Come on. This is like what's been billed as like the race for the last five years. If I'm the ISL, I might just go like straight pay-per-view set up Kyle versus Caleb at a random meet in like December, pull out all the stops on the production, kind of like uh, Caleb's um, like suited I think it was his 50 attempt he did recently. Mm. I can't remember exactly what it was, Speedo. but yeah. why not? Just have total fun with it. Everyone knows that's the magic we want to see. Just go for it. That would probably sell more subscriptions than the entire ISL season did. So, and plus what I think is interesting is that every time we've seen race, Caleb race, like an insane short course meet 2018 NCAAs, 2018 world short course championships, ISL final in 2019, he's swimming like so many events, right? And we've seen him move through the ISL and he'll get better and better and better. So we know he does that once he races a lot, Kyle world cup has never done back-to-back racing before does this. And he's swimming one event per day. Right. So we've never seen Caleb go through a meet where he's only has like one event per day and it's not that many events. And so it'd be awesome for like a one-off like this, where it's just like hundred free, give it everything you got what do you got? I think that'd be sweet. And take wagers. (laughs) And bet on it. All right. More exciting short course news. Katie Ledecky makes her Florida debut and (laughs) puts up just stupid times. 430 in the 500, 142 in the men's heat of the 200 free. I mean, it was just awesome. You know, times that would have 430 wins in CAAs the last two years. Uh, what do we think this says about her move to Florida so far? I think 
we can only take away positives from this. I mean, I would love to see a race video, see where she was slotted in with the guys. I think overall she was maybe like between 12th and, and 14th. She didn't, you know, she wasn't blowing anyone out of the water. She was, she was really evenly matched up. She was in a position where she hasn't been too many times in college or, you know, among a college cohort in her career. It's probably exactly what she needs just to get some solid racing reps. And I'm just looking back through her times and, you know, obviously she has her, her 424 and her 426 from NCAAs, but in a dual meet setting, never really 430 or better in her college career and, and not this early in the season. Um, I'm excited for what's to come. Seeing the, the couple pictures she posted to her Instagram just lined up with the guys. I mean, that's just so fun. I, more of that, please. To me, the, all, all we really learned from this is that Katie Ledecky is Katie Ledecky. And she'll be Katie Ledecky no matter who she's training with or where she's training. She's almost like the Tom Brady. Um, you know, who, who was it, Tom Brady or Bill Belichick? Well, we don't know for sure, but Tom Brady went to Tampa and looked pretty good. So um, to me, it's, you know, Ledecky's going to do the work she knows she needs to do. Um, and, and, and it's probably about her own personal engagement as much as anything. So to me, we can't really make any conclusions until we see her in a, a suited maybe not even a full taper, but some, some kind of meat that matters. I don't know if that's winter nationals or a pro swim or, or what that meat looks like. Um, but it, it just says to me that uh, the Florida coaches are good enough that they even they can't screw up Katie Ledecky. Ledecky just doing Ledecky things. I it's it, to me, like, obviously the Olympics weren't a bad meet for her by any, like she did great, but you know, it's like, you're kind of like, ah, oh, well, what's going to happen next. And then you're like, she still got it. And, uh, it's so fun to see, uh, more short course news, uh, Emma McKeon, Matthew Sates take the world cup overall titles. Um, for you all in the entire world cup circuit, there was a lot of exciting swims. I think it surprised everyone. Um, the, the youngsters, the veterans, you know, everyone who's there kind of showed up in their own way who impressed most, who, who impressed you the most, um, on the overall circuit. So we're talking, it's Sates and McKeon are our only options. No, 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 no. Yeah. Uh, I was impressed by Tom Shields. Obviously, we're all impressed Freedom. by Kyle's That's what work. I wrote down, too. What the heck? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Tom's impressive. Yeah. Um, I don't think he lost a 50 or a 100 fly, did he? He. I know he said he swept the 100. I think he lost. He did lose the 50. But I know he that's said he swept the 100, and that's the first time he's done that in his career. Well, the 50 fly isn't a real event anyway. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think I – think, the, the men definitely got a lot more attention at this meet because of the different record setting they did. I think Matt Sates, there's a, is the biggest conversation about whether or not he should still go to Georgia because I don't know if he knows this, but he can't keep that full $140,000 that he earned. Um, so, you know, I, if I, if I'm picking between the winners, I'm taking Sates. I think Emma is going to show up at ISL because she was, she was not by her own admission, not training super hard. Um, going into her, her few weeks in the ISL and then into the world cup. Um, but I think, you know, another good training block in, in Eindhoven with her team and then, uh, going into, you know, if her team makes the ISL final, I think she's going to explode. And I think that hundred free world record could go down. Hold on, Braden. Can you clarify for our viewers and also for me, 
what, so I thought the, the NIL rules were gone. Why can't states accept all that money? Because this is prize money. This is not um, name, image, likeness money. This is prize money. So this would be the equivalent of LeBron James deciding he wanted to go play college basketball, which he cannot do because he receives a generous salary from the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, so this is this is just a different animal. And Tori probably knows this better than than any of us even. Um, but you still can't accept prize money as far as we know. And that could all change at the NCAA meetings that start in the, in the next few weeks. Um, but that, that kind of makes sense in, in most sports. If you don't have that restriction on it still, then the NCAA's purpose is sort of gone. doesn't make any sense. And I think technically, I might be wrong, but I think it's just in your specific collegiate sports. So in theory, if Matt States wanted to go out on like the golf circuit and win prize money, I think he can. I think like J.R. Smith, also a basketball player, is playing golf. I think he can win money for that, but I'm not 100% certain well and i i could see if they they need to they really need to write rules right now there are almost no rules um because they were trying so hard to to avoid the lawsuits they really need to write rules to clarify this because nobody nobody really understands it and it's pretty easy to think of a lot of loopholes you could have uh, on this where they could pay the money to his federation then his federation could sponsor him for one hundred and forty thousand dollars. um so it's just, it's just a goofy thing until they figure it out. Just going back to the question at hand, let's circle back to Tom Shields here. I think, you know, he posted a really poignant Instagram post, I think about what, you know, finishing second on this world cup circuit meant to him and how in 2018, he was just kind of, he had signed up to do it just to kind of keep his career afloat. And, you know, as we all know, and has, he's been very open about, um, you know, later that year, he, he attempted suicide and, the way he's, you know, rebounded from that and, and spoken publicly about it and the way that kind of his entire late career has been about professionalizing the sport and finding a way to really build a career as a true professional swimmer. I mean, this really feels like the culmination of that. I mean, he's, he's walking with over $100,000 from a few months of work. He's got the ISL playoffs still to come. Um, he's got short course worlds as well. This is, I think, really what Tom has been has been working for and and just really remarkable to look at look at that and just look at the work he's put in and um kind of the way he I think has has really put this forward first in terms of just wanting to push things forward I just really found it remarkable I I think uh one other sleeper I'll throw in there was Maddie Wilson who was the number three overall earner on the women's side granted she earned you know, less than half of what the top two Emma McKeon and Kira Toussaint earned, but, you know, she didn't have record breaking swims or anything like that, but it's like, she won a lot of events. Like, I think she might've swept the 200 free. She was like top three in the hundred and the the 400 a lot swam the 50. She might've even swam some backstrokes, but, um, she was really out there earning her take. And, uh, I think she had like a quiet, but impressive, uh, season, Kind of book ending on the ISL, especially coming right out of the out of the hospital to come to right. the World Cup. <laughs> I can't. I, yeah, I, I'm I'm a little bit in disbelief that she came off of COVID right into the World Cup circuit and did really well. She's like you know, she's been away from home for since before the Olympics, and so she hasn't been to Australia in months now. And 
I understand why she stayed in Europe and why she just went to the hospital there and kept going, but pretty impressive. And with that, it is time to play our favorite game on the Swim Swim Breakdown, Sink or Swim. First up on Sink or Swim, Olympic gold medalist Ahmed Hafnawi has returned to racing at the African Short Course Championships, and he will be at the 2021 World Short Course Championships. Do we think he will carry his Olympic momentum into Abu Dhabi? I am sinking this. I think he'll swim fine, um, but I I just think that um, I think in short course it's just so different in the distance freestyles, especially. I just feel like the approach to the swim is is so very different, and there's a lot of guys that can do it. We don't know the whole field at this point. Um, I don't think he's going to win the short course world championship. I think he could be fourth or fifth. I think for him, just based on you know his experience, it's going to almost undoubtedly be a, a good meet for him personally. I think I read his, um, his short course best time currently in the 400 is I think slower than he was long course at the Olympics. Um, I'm excited to see just what, you know, his short course yards future might hold in Indiana based on kind of what we're seeing him do here. And, and just looking forward to seeing how he responds with the spotlight um, a little bit more just on him coming into the meet. So probably swim him or swing him winning major hardware, but, but uh swim the overall experience being a positive one for him i guess <laughs> i don't i don't know how i feel about that answer <laughs> but no. fair, okay I, I think it was kind of a weak question it was a, it was a vague right. and non-specific question and you got vague and non-specific answers all right well that's my bad i'm sorry uh th- I, this this is a much more pointed question we talked to cody miller earlier this week mel had him on the podcast talked about a variety of topics. You'll have to tune in for the full pod, but he did comment on his stance with the ISL athletes uh, taking, you know, talking about a strike and the status of ISL payments. It's, it's become pretty clear that the ISL athletes will not be striking, at least not before the playoffs. Do you think that they are taking, making the right decision and not striking? I'm swimming that they're making the right decision. You know, the, the challenge with striking here is that there's nobody who's driven to keep this going. You know, the, if the NBA players go on strike, everybody wants to end that strike because everybody's making money right now. The athletes are the only ones making money. The team owners aren't making money. The league owner is losing tons of money every year. Um, So, you know, if the athletes go on strike, there's not like, there's not this great financial motivation to negotiate with them and work it out. The the league could just as easily walk away. Um, At the same time, the athletes are in a hard place because not showing up to compete is literally their only leverage um, because this is a single payer funded league. um, And that, you know, that will continue to be one of the major problems with the ISL that there's one person that's in charge of and in control of basically every decision that happens. Um, and that, that just doesn't work in almost any scenario. Yeah, I'm swimming it as well. Uh, I think they know that their only chance to keep this alive is just kind of rolling with the punches, as Cody said. And um, if it is really about pushing the future of the sport, as he alludes to, as Tom has alluded, alluded to many times, um, you just kind of have to stick with it. And, and like Braden said, going on strike, realistically, I think it'll just end it all. And, and there's no money being withheld that uh, you know, they'll suddenly have and, and everything will be rosy. I mean, they just have to kind of roll with it. 
in in the long run they're betting that it comes out well for them but imagine how long it would take them to get their money if they went on strike (laughs) yeah a lot longer All right. We published our top five men's races to watch at the 2021 European short course championships on that list. Among others was 17 year old phenom, David Popovich, who just broke two Romanian records in the short course meters, hundred and 200 free in Kazan. Do we think we will see Popovich earn his first international senior hardware in Kazan at the world, or sorry, at the European short course championships? Uh, I think he'll definitely win a medal in something, you know, it just seems like a meet that's made for a, a young kid that is really focused on winning an international medal. Um, he did have a coaching change recently, so we don't know how that's going to impact him, but he's, he's and that, that's actually false. He had a club change, like, club change same coach. Change. Correct. Um, so, you know, he's, he's been okay at the world cups. I wouldn't say he's been as electric as he was going into the Olympic games. Um, but we also know that when he tapers, he can his he and his coach can hit that taper. They can kill that taper pretty strongly and, and pretty quickly, like he did at um, Euro Juniors going into the Olympics. So, if he chooses to taper for it, I think he could win gold. Um, if he does less than that, I think he'll just win a couple medals, maybe. I think the two hundred for him is a is a really strong bet to come come away with um, a medal. All of the prior medalists aren't returning and. The field is pretty much wide open for, for his taking. So definitely swim. It's worth, I think what's worth pointing out that he's one of the few swimmers in that field that doesn't have ISL to worry about because he was supposed to swim for the breakers, didn't show up for the regular season and the breakers are done. So it's, it's, he, there's an opportunity for him um, in that sense. Yeah. And we've also, you know, this summer we saw him go to, European junior championships and obviously destroy everyone and then went to the Olympics and they still performed really, really well. And so that I feel like that bodes well for his trajectory at European short course heading into world short course as well. And our favorite book end for the swim, swim breakdown, sink or swim PD or Pernilla. I'm sorry. This, this isn't even like a fun <laughs> conversation anymore. Pranilla is so good and PD is bottom two. And based on his latest social media posts, I'm not sure he believes he has much, much uh, strictly come left in him. Uh, good news. We haven't written this as of recording, but I'm sure it will be published before the podcast goes live, but PD is on London Roar's official playoff roster. So he is eligible to return for the ISL season. They won't tell us if he's going to, but he's eligible to do so. Uh, Pernilla looks so good. She looks like a dancer. Um, it, you know, she looks better doing it in heels than PD does not doing it in heels. So uh, it, the either or conversation, I think, is more or less over. Yeah, there's not a battle to be had between the two of them. Uh, PD's once again a little cringy. The fake piano playing at the start, I was not here for it. One of my random pet peeves is when someone is like fake playing the piano and then like gets up and the piano keeps going like (laughs) I can't with that so uh, I'm also just not a big Halloween person so the whole theme just didn't really work for me and Pernilla she looks incredible so I'd love to see them dance together I I, I fear (laughs) for Petey that that might highlight how good she is and and how He's not terrible compared to the average human being, but how mediocre he is at it. I think, uh, 
I think that would be fun to watch. Let's just say it. We uh, we know who the breaststroker is here, <laughs> right? He looks like a breaststroker on land, and she looks like an athlete on land, yeah. <laughs> which most sprinters are. Uh, you guys are being PD haters again, but I yeah, I can't even. This week, it's just like, oh, man. Like, Pernell is just so good at this. And, and Adam, you're and a great breaststroker. He's you know, made it this far. <laughs> take, take our advice. You're a great breaststroker. Get back to doing that. <laughs> All right. Thanks for tuning in to the Swim Swam Breakdown. Stay tuned next week for your top news in swimming.